Well, this morning we're going to introduce a new series that's going to, um, I dare to use the C word, but it's going to run through to Christmas. Um, so we've, uh, Chris has done us another great design. So we're introducing a new series entitled The Name. Okay? The Name. Psalm 9, verse 7 and through to 10. The Lord reigns forever. Amen. He has established his throne for judgment. He rules the world in righteousness and judges the people with equity. The Lord is a refuge for the oppressed, a stronghold in times of trouble. Those who know your name trust in you. For you, Lord, have never forsaken those who seek you. Can we just read that verse 10 together? Those who know your name trust in you. For you, Lord, have never forsaken those who seek you. What's in a name? What's in a name? Donald Trump? (laughs) Hillary Clinton? (laughs) Owen Farrell? Ah, now some of you are going, and others are going, England rugby, okay. (laughs) Boris Johnson? (laughs) (laughs) Theresa May? David Beckham? Saffron Barker. Who? How many would say who to Saffron Barker? If I tell you that Saffron Barker is a person who has some of the most biggest influence in our country today. She has four million followers on YouTube. She's also a dancer on Strictly Come Dancing. Not a dancer, she's a celebrity on Four million followers on YouTube. Imagine the influence of that. Saffron Barker. Jeremy Corbyn. (laughs) I'll come back to your reactions in a moment. (laughs) Patrick Mahomes. Warren's not here. I was waiting for Warren. Anybody else know who Patrick Mahomes is? Come on, have you got a vague idea? <laughs> no, he's the quarterback for Kansas City Chiefs and American football. He's possibly going to become one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Most of you have never heard of him yet, but if you follow it, if you watch him, he is the most astonishing thrower of an American football I have ever seen in my life. But we wait to see if he becomes a name that you would have heard of. There are many, many different names out there. Some of which we know well, some of which we don't. Some of which make us have good thoughts, some of which make us literally groan. Maybe even fearful when you hear certain names. Psalm 9 verse 10 says, The people who know God's name will trust him. See, we're living in a world where many, many different names, for all sorts of reasons, I've just given you just a tiny, tiny flavour. But there are names that bring confusion, there are names that bring doubt, there are names that bring grumbling, there are names that bring fears. There are names that bring controversy. 
There are, there are names that make us feel wonderful and joyful. There are, there are names that concern us. Brothers and sisters, in the midst of that world, the world in which we live, where names are very significant and the power that they have, we need to grasp and understand God's name. God's name. That we might fully trust in him. That when a name lets us down, when a name does things that we uh, wish it wouldn't, whatever it might be, what do we know of our God? What do we understand of him? And the Bible tells us that his name tells us much about him. And so that's why we're going to be digging into this in the days ahead. I want to just take us right back to the very, very beginning just for a moment. This is a bit of an introductory morning. Um, There will be application as we go, but we're going to pick up on these names of God over these next weeks, and there'll be tremendous insight, I believe, that will encourage us and and help us. But first of all, the word God itself, okay? The Hebrew word that's used in the Bible is Elohim, Elohim. Interestingly, commentators tell us that every language in the world has a word for God, Did you know that? Of course, they may not be talking about the same God. They may not be talking about what we believe to be the one true God. But they have a word for God. It may not be the God, but they have a word for God. So in the mindset of almost every person in the world is a concept, an understanding of God, of otherness. Truth is, God is not really a name. Okay, it's a title. It's closest you might think. It's like saying the Prime Minister rather than saying uh, Mr. Johnson or, or Boris Johnson. So we often we, we say the Prime Minister, don't we? That's it's a title, not particularly a name. But what, of course, that means is that the word God can be understood in all sorts of different ways depending on people's backgrounds. It's why the the Bible writers often refer to the the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Because what it's doing is it's identifying which God they are talking about. They don't mean God, or a God, or gods of the nations, but simply they do mean God, capital G. Let me give you another example. We've just had this just now, a moment ago. But if I say, if I use the title, if I say the president, now, I'm pretty sure that for most of us, immediately you've heard me say the president, there is a particular name that has come into your mind straight away. Donald Trump, the president of America. Now, the reality is, of course, there are many presidents all over the world, presidents of all sorts of countries. But we recognize, because of size of nation, because of history, because of power, authority, finance, position, all sorts of things, when we say the president, we immediately have a particular name that comes to our mind. Now, we do in this country. But if you were in another country, say you were in Burundi, and somebody said the president, you probably would not be thinking of Donald Trump. But you would be thinking of someone with significant power and authority. So, 
The Old Testament writers, when they are starting out, and we get this right the way through Scripture, they're they're needing to help people to understand who are they talking about, which is why they talk about the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. It identifies the God that they're talking about. They're trying to say the same thing when they say, this is God, the creator of the heavens and the earth, God of Abraham, God of Isaac and Jacob. All the gods of the nations are nothing in comparison to the real one. There is difference in power, difference in importance, difference in authority between God and the gods of the nations, small g. It's vast. In fact, it's immeasurably different. And so... Psalm 46, verse 10, you get this declaration, this statement. Many of you will know it. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. This is not a sun god. This is not a moon god. This is not a fertility god or a god of war. This is simply God. Genesis chapter 1 Verse 1, there's no introduction, simply we get, in the beginning, God. There's no explanation there in Scripture or anywhere else in Scripture. Simply, be still and know, I am God. Because one of our challenges today is that the word God is being used all the time, isn't it? All the time. We hear it being used all the time whether it be the slightly more old-fashioned version that I remember from my childhood, good God, or, as we pretty much hear it every day, all day, oh my God, oh my God, or or even (coughs) OMG, OMG, used all the time, all the time. Because we also realize that when many people use that word, they're not normally referring to the God of the Bible, are they? Psalm 9, verse 10. Those who know your name trust in you. Question. Are there many people, maybe including some of us here today, who are using that name, are they trusting in the God of the Bible? No. I I want to offer to you, I don't believe they are. So the question is then, who do they think God is? If they're using God's name all the time, all day long, who is that that they're referring to? Who is that that they are relating to or not? Now, of course, if you begin to open that up as a subject with your colleagues, your friends, your neighbours, family members or whatever, often the debate, of course, is around what God is like, his attributes. And, of course, that's what we're going to be looking at over the next Weeks, the names of God speak of his attributes. Uh, Just an experiment worth trying. I don't know if anyone would dare to do this. But next time somebody says to you, I don't really believe in God, ask them to describe to you the God they don't believe in. All right? Because you will probably have the joy and the pleasure of being able to say to them, I don't believe in that God either. (laughs) Ask them. I I don't really believe in God. Well, which God? What, what God are you talking about? What, what, what does that God look like that you don't believe in? Well, it's... I don't believe in that God either. Now, names are important, aren't they? In some cultures, they can tell us a lot about the person. And God has a name. 
fact, he has many, many, many different names, and those names tell us a great deal about him, which in turn takes us deeper and deeper in our knowledge, in our worship, and in our trust of him. So that's why we're going to look at them over these next weeks. Right now, there's one particular name. It's used 6,800 times in the Old Testament uh, by which God is referred to. It's a name that speaks of personality, speaks of relationship and covenant and eternity. Anybody want to know? I don't know if Malcolm's put it up yet, but anyone want to know what that name is? Anybody give me an idea? Well, we'll come to that in a minute, but yeah, that's part of it for sure. Yahweh. The name, Exodus chapter 6, verse 2, God spoke to Moses and said to him, I am the Lord. I appear to Abraham, to Isaac and Jacob as God Almighty, but by my name, the Lord, I did not make myself known to them. The name, the Lord, in Hebrew is the four letters, Y-H-W-H, often pronounced as Yahweh or Yahweh. Usually translated in the English, the Lord. Sometimes people will use, also use the word Yehovah or Jehovah. It's the name of God. The name, of course, identifies a person. When they've got a name, when you have a name, that's why it's so important. And if anyone's ever uh, been involved in naming a child or uh, as grandparents, you're waiting for the name of a child like we are to be announced. It's like, what's the name going to be? You know, and and, what, and sometimes we say, what will it mean in this country? Perhaps sometimes we don't. We'll come back to that. But it identifies a person for good or for bad. It helps us to know who's who. Although sometimes we can get names wrong, can't we? Particularly in the early stages. Uh, Steve and Simon very nearly made a T-shirt with a big finger and it said, he is Steve. And that one said, he is Simon. And that was for my benefit alone. Um, <laughs> as many of, you, many of you know. But I now know who you are, don't I, Fred? So that's okay. Um, is it just me or do sometimes you know someone really well and their name just falls out of your head? Is it just me? No. Oh, Okay. <laughs> He's like, uh, I know you, I know you really well, and I've forgotten your name. And you feel such... Anyway, yes, good, I'm glad I'm not the only one. In the time of the Old Testament, there were lots of gods being worshipped by the nations. Okay, Dagon and Baal and Baal and Nebo and Molech and Asherah. Yahweh identified the God of Israel as over and above the others. That's why I believe it's worth us saying, I've said this from this platform before, but in today's culture, I think it's quite helpful for us not just to say, I believe in God. It's okay to say that. But actually, when you say to someone, I believe in God, you could be saying any amount of things, to be honest. And, And actually, the person you're saying it to, I wonder what they think when you say that. But if you say, I believe in Jesus Christ, I'm a follower, I'm a Christian, I follow Jesus Christ, I believe in the Bible, I read the Bible, that's quite distinct and I think helpful in our society and culture today, so something I just want to keep offering to us to, to think about. So I find myself, when people say, oh what do you do, or what you're about, you know, and so on and so forth, I'm wanting to use language that identifies me clearly, not with just some amorphous God, but with the Lord Jesus Christ, 
who died for me and who rose again from the dead. Somebody needs to smile in this room. Amen. Okay. So we just need to be thinking about the, you know, the name. What is it that we understand? So names are very important in human relationships, aren't they? So almost in any culture, one of the things you start by doing is you, you walk up to them and you say, Hello, my name's Mark. What's your name? He, he had to think about it for a minute. <laughs> but we do it. Or, as I remember, the tiny bit I remember, Bonjour, je m'appelle. Yeah? Can we have it in Portuguese, please? Sorry? Quel tu nome? What's your name? What about hello? Can we do a hello before that bit? Hola. <laughs> any other, can we have any other phrases in Bulgarian? Yeah, some in. Uh, what? Oh, what was that? In what language? In Norwegian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Any others we got here? Come on. It, oh, very good. So even I know it's German. <laughs> I am Abby. Yeah. Okay. Immediately, what it does starts to make things a little bit more personal, doesn't it? There's a relationship begins, uh, a rapport begins to be established. Now, of course, forgetting someone's name, having met them two or three times before, can sometimes be highly embarrassing. I've been there, done it, and possibly insulting. It's like, look, you've asked me my name two or three times. I I need to tell you, brothers and sisters, here in this room and and in other places, I can assure you it's never my intention to be insulting. The the, the challenge I often find is that there's me, I'm me with my name, and then there's 80, 90, or 100 other people's names immediately that I'm I'm supposed to try and remember. And and it's something I love to do, but it just falls out of my head sometimes, so I'm... But it can be insulting. It's like, you've met me. However, if you can remember someone's name who doesn't think that you remember them, have you had that situation? And you know their name. They love it, don't they? So you're walking down the street and you go, so Jackie and I have worked really hard at the man who keeps, keeps the shop around the corner, um, um, Mick and Pat. See, I nearly fell out of my head. Mick and Pat um, got to know Phil and... and uh, uh, and I just, because if you've ever been into that tiny store in, in Gurnard, you know that the reason I remembered his name is because it's full um, from ceiling to floor. And so now every day I go, all right, Phil. And he, he loves the fact that I know his name, but he can't remember my name. But that doesn't matter. Um, but he always, always asks after you, Mark, as well, Mark Blanchard. He, asks, he says, how's Mark doing and how's he getting on? He always asks after you. So there you go. So he remembers you, Mark. even better when a person who's important knows your name. Have you ever had that? If we had time now, I'd ask for some stories, but we perhaps we haven't got time. But somebody, I never forget, some of you won't even know who this person is, but I never forget I was walking down a very packed conference one day and Terry Virgo was walking the other way. And that name won't mean anything to some of you. But to me, it was someone who was very important, very significant in our family of churches. He said, hello, Mark, how are you? Oh, he knows my name. And then I thought, oh, he knows my name. <laughs> but, and, uh, I, and it was like, how, how does he know my name? <laughs> but it, it does something to you, doesn't it? Maybe some of you are thinking of, um, 
Maybe you've worked in big companies and the MD walks past and you think he doesn't know my name and then he says your name and you think, oh goodness, he knows my name. But Names, so I just, I'll explain where we're going with this in just a moment. You come with me in this. Names can also act as something as an indicator of the level of relationship. Okay? I want to tell you a quick story about the first time that Jackie took me to meet her mum and dad. <sighs> Back in the 80s, that was, a, that was a big thing. Do you remember that day? <laughs> but, um, I mean, it's still a big thing now, although these days perhaps less so. But Jackie's dad had been out at some meeting or out at work, and I, I'd arrived and I was there. Anyway, he came through the door, and um, so Jackie said, Dad, uh, this is, um, uh, what did she say? Uh, this is my dad, Graham. Well, I was brought up to be a very polite young man, and that's how I was brought up in my home. I was also, at the time, very involved in sales and marketing, and so there was a way, certainly that for me, was very natural and very normal. So I walked up to Jackie's dad, and I said, Hello, sir, pleased to meet you, and greeted him. At which point, Jackie's and her mum just fell about, screaming with laughter. They thought it was hilarious. But Jackie's dad loved it. He absolutely he loved the appropriateness of that moment. I'd never met him before. He, he was that style of background and, and the working environment that he was in. And I, I called him Sir. Shook his hand, and they've talked about that story many times, many times since. Um, but it was an appropriate level. Now, the reality is with Graham, I still, Graham and I still shake each other's hand. When he, when he arrives, he'll always give Jackie a hug. All right, Mark, he says, and he puts out his hand. I shake his hand. But at least 38 years later, we are on first-name terms. So, um, <laughs> what is all this saying? What, what, what are we talking about here? In revealing his name to Moses, Yahweh put himself in the most intimate relationship possible with Moses. It's hard for us to comprehend as we read scripture, to understand, to take ourselves into that cultural setting of the time. But God revealed his name to Moses, spoke to him as a man speaks to his brother. This is not just a special one-off either. God reveals his name to his people. As I was preparing, thinking, I was reminded of the words of Jesus in John 15, verse 5. I no longer call you servants. Servant doesn't know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything I've learned from my Father, I have made known to you. I want to just speak to you and for you to hear this morning, there is an intimacy with the Father. There's an intimacy with God. God speaks to Moses. God speaks to each one of you today and says, I want you to know my name. And I want you to know I know your name. And that should not cause fear in you. That should not cause you to run. God says, I know your name. And in knowing your name, I know about you. I know who you are. And I want you to know my name. 
I want us to be in fellowship. I want us to be in relationship. And names are so important in relationship. They act as an indicator of the level of that relationship. And then in many cultures, perhaps not so much in English, names can also show something of the the character uh, and the calling of a person. So I just want to dig into that uh, for a few more moments. You see, in the Bible, names often reveal their function or their calling of a person, but also God's view. So sometimes God will give a new name. He'll give a new name to people. He'll say, I want you, you have been known in this way, now I want you to be known in this way. And the name is a vital part of that. So, very, very famously, of course, Genesis 17, verse 5, Yahweh starts calling Abram, which means exalted father, by a new name. You will now be called Abraham, which means father of many nations. I've given you a promise. I've spoken into your life and now I'm adjusting your name that it will back up that promise. But also, as you walk with your name, you'll be reminded of my promise. You're no longer just exalted father. You're going to be the father of many nations. Abraham. And so every time that word is used from then on, it's a reminder of the promise. Genesis 32, verse 28, of course, he wrestles with Jacob. Jacob, wonderful set of names. You imagine walking around and everybody knowing that your name meant twister, supplanter, or wheeler dealer, okay? That's what Jacob really meant. But then he changes his name after wrestling with him, of course. As you know, he wrestles with him all night. He changes his name to Israel. He struggles with God. He struggles with God, but it's a picture of the purposes of God working in Jacob's life, but working, of course, in the people of God, and they become Israel. He struggles with God. Now, there's obviously huge amounts of things that we could unpack here, many, many other names in the Bible, but showing their character, and God's name shows his character too. That's why we're going to dig in to some of these names. We're going to open up some of these great names of God to understand this is our God. This is our God. He's a provider. He's a restorer. He's a redeemer. He sanctifies us. He purifies us. He heals us. He provides for us. He meets our need. He he raises us up. He establishes us. It's in his name. And because it's in his name, it's in his character. And his character is he's for his people. He reveals his name to us and he calls us to be the people of the name. So we're going to look at some of these great truths. We're going to understand when we find ourselves going through some of the things we were singing about today. No, I know who God is. I know his name and I trust in him. He will bring me through. He will provide. He will meet my need. He has saved me. He will save me. Amen? Yahweh is revealing his character to Moses in a way that he'd never really done with Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. He, he says, I've not, I, I didn't fully expose myself in that sense through my name, but now Moses, I want you to know I am Yahweh. This is, and, and all the meaning that comes with that. It wasn't that Moses might, I think we believe that Moses would have heard the word the Lord or, or Yahweh before, because you can find it in Genesis 2. Abraham himself uses it 
Exodus chapter 6, Moses' own mother is called uh, Jochebed or Jochebed, which means Yahweh is glory. So the name is there, but now Yahweh is revealing much more of himself to Moses. He's, He's saying, I want you to understand so much more about me. I don't want you to think of me as just the president, just as God. But I am your God. I am Yahweh. There's a personal, intimate relationship. I want you to know my name and I want you to know that I know your name. God shows a desire for a relationship. It begins with Abraham. It's there at a level, but he's, he's stepping in and he's stepping in. There's masses that we could say on this subject, but I want us to help us to understand this. We also need to recognize that we need to stand in awe of our gods. One of the things that we've been saying, haven't we, about OMG, oh my God, there's no awe. There's no, oh God, oh God, oh God, this, God, that, God, that, God, 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 God. OMG, there's no awe. What does it mean? You see, as we know our God, as we know his name, it does also come with an awe. And that has implications upon our our life, our attitude towards one another, our speech. If we know his name, if we understand his name, that will impact us. Amen? It will affect us. You see, for the Hebrews, the name itself and everything it stood for was seen to be incredibly holy. In fact, the name of God, Yahweh, was so sacred, they wouldn't even say it out loud. Did you know that? So they replaced it with the word Adonai, or Lord. And even today, if Hebrew scriptures are read out, Yahweh is not used. Adonai is the word that is used. Martin Lloyd-Jones, a great... Uh, a great Bible teacher from previous century, he says this, they were filled with such a sense of awe and reverence, they had such a concept of the majesty of God, that in a sense they dared not even utter the name. He says, I much prefer that to hearing people say, dear God, or oh my God, in our modern context. Friends, as we dig into this over the coming weeks, I believe that we need to recover something of the awe of God. He said to Moses, Exodus chapter 3, verse 5, Take your sandals off your feet, for the place on which you stand is holy ground. And of course, it's that story that gives us a bit more insight, just as we come to a close on this subject of God's name, as we begin to introduce it. It's what uh, um, Susan, I nearly forgot, as Susan said, it's because I've got lots of things in my head, um, it's what Susan said just now. Let's read Exodus 3.13. Moses said to God, remember, God has said, I want you to go to Pharaoh, let my people go. Moses says, if I come to the people of Israel and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they've asked me, what's his name? What shall I say to them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. He said, say this to the people of Israel, I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, say this to the people of Israel, the Lord, Yahweh, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever and thus I am to be remembered throughout all 
generations. Here's Moses. He's feeling distinctly frightened. Already there's this huge great voice that's speaking out to him out of a burning bush. And then this voice is telling him that he wants him to go back to the country where he killed a man 40 years before and confront the leader of that country, who, by the way, happens to be the most powerful man in the world at this time in history, and tell him that he must release all his slaves and let them go free. Off you go. It's not surprising. Moses is filled with fear and concern. It's not surprising that in desperation he says to God, what's your name? Who who do I even say you are? Who, Who am I representing? Who am I coming from? God's reply is simple. I am who I am. Or we could say, I will be who I will be. This is not something he's just made up on the spur of the moment. God in the bush going, oh, what shall I say? What name? No. Commentators point out, as you know, again, Yahweh, 6,800 times is being used. And the word Hebrew, or the Hebrew word for to be, which is, I can't quite pronounce, I'm not very, but higher, they sound very similar. It's Yahweh and to be. They're linked together. And you can see them linked together in these verses. I am who I am, the Lord, Yahweh. You can hear in Hebrew there would be this rhythmical uh, sound, this linking of God displaying who I am. God says, I am. It's, It's a declaration that he, God, is. It reminds Moses that no matter how powerful Pharaoh is, he actually has a God who exists as opposed to the Egyptian gods. And of course, that gets demonstrated, doesn't it, through the great plagues and so on. The great I am demonstrates his existence. The other gods, the, um, the, the, the magicians and others, they're all trying, nothing, nothing doing. And God, I am, comes in power. With all his glory and all his authority, sending these devastating plagues. Egyptian gods are seen to be powerless and ultimately, although he feels so weak, Moses with the real I am on his side overcomes the world's most powerful man and leads the Israelites to freedom, fulfilling the promises of God. Just coming to a close now. You know, I don't think believing in God, bless you, I don't believe that Believing in God is not actually that controversial. I don't know what you think about that. If you say to somebody, I believe in God, they go, oh, right, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, I've I got, I got a few things, yeah. I don't think believing in God or that God exists is that controversial. I think many of your friends, your neighbours, your colleagues would probably agree, yeah, I think there's something out there. don't really know what. See, if you read on Exodus 8, verse 8, you find Pharaoh believed in God. It's widely documented that Hitler believed in God. James chapter 2, verse 19 says, Even the demons believe that there is one God and shudder. So believing that God exists is not enough. 
Brothers and sisters, the society we're living in today, and I want to speak to each one of us today, we need to understand that I am means more than just God exists. It means he matters. That's what is so challenging when you just say, oh God, oh God, oh God, oh God. Yeah, but don't you know who you're talking about? If only you turned to that, oh God. Many people have some belief in God. He's there somehow. But they never acknowledge their need of him unless they're desperate for him to help. Particularly, Jackie and I quite like watching one or two of the cooking programs. And this week, twice on cooking programs, the, the person said, I'm praying to God to help, you know, to bake on time or whatever it was. And, you know, suddenly, God gets some prayers so I can pass the competition or... or pass the exam, or whatever it might be. My question is, it's great that they're even reflecting on there might be someone there who might help them, although I don't know if God helps with baking, so others of you will have to tell me about that. But they're not allowing him to influence their thinking. Most people certainly are not inviting him into their decision-making process. And even sometimes when they say that they are, the life that they're modeling and displaying says, no, you want God to say yes to what you want to do. You want God to put his rubber stamp on the things that you feel. Surely this is how God feels about me, so I just need his rubber stamp. As we're going to discover in the weeks ahead, this is an almighty God, a defender of his people, a provider of his people, a healer of his people, one that we need to be in awe of, one that we are invited to surrender our lives to. Believing in God is not enough. A disciple is someone who knows God's name in a way that has caused them to put their trust in him, someone who has realized just how totally vital God is. How much he matters in every way that he is, I am. Those who know your name, trust in you. For you, Lord, have never forsaken those who seek you. Right at the centre of our understanding of his character, God wants us to know he always was, he always will be, and that he matters. So he made it his name. Can I invite you to stand? Dear Heavenly Father, Almighty God, Yahweh, the one who is, and was and is to come, the Almighty. Lord Jesus Christ, precious Holy Spirit, we thank you today for your hand in our lives. We thank you for your grace and your mercy upon us. We thank you today, even again, for this reminder that you want us to know your name. 
and that you want us to know that you know our names. And that you want us to come into a deeper and deeper revelation and relationship and understanding of what it means to be your children. To know you as our almighty God. Our redeemer, our saviour, our provider, our healer, all of these great things. I just pray today, Lord, for anyone here who's feeling wounded, feeling broken, hurting, I pray that you would whisper to them today, I know your name. I know your name. I know your name. I know your circumstances. I made you. I created you. I formed you. I am. I am. I am. Father, would you help us to be a people who know your name and who trust in you. That our lives, our work, our families, our marriages would reflect a growing, increasing understanding of our knowledge of you and our relationship with you. And where we're tempted to turn away, where we're tempted to become God ourselves, where we're turn, tempted to take, take control and to tell you what we think should happen, we ask your forgiveness. We come again to you in awe and trembling. Not that you would crush us and destroy us, but that you would build us and fill us, encourage and strengthen us, that we might come deeper in relationship with you and walk and bear fruit to the glory of your name. Lord, as we so often talk about that, lemon tree prophetic word that we might be a fruitful people and we know Lord how do you know something's a lemon tree how do you know it's an apple tree so on it's by their fruit that you know them it's how you know it we pray that as we dig into your name as we understand more of your name as we receive revelation of your name we pray that there would be fruit in our lives of your name in this town and in this nation for your glory. Bless your people today in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen.